Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. You better not have no plans tonight. Movie time and it's feeling right. You're looking for a love that lasts. You'll find it at Romance in the Podcast. I know. Ooh, ooh, baby, you're the wind beneath my wings. Ooh, ah, I'll have what she's having. Thank you for tuning into Romance in the Pod. You have said hello. I'm Paige Wesley. I'm Mikey Randolph. And I'm Todd Schlosser. And this week, Mikey made us watch Meet Cute. So, Mikey, why did you pick this movie? Well, since it is October, I unintentionally picked the most horrifying romantic comedy I've ever seen. You almost picked a slasher, and that to me is funny. Instead of using a knife, she uses a vehicle, but (laughs) it's almost a slasher. I've come back around where I I hated this. I like time loop romantic movies a lot. I mean, who doesn't, honestly? Because they're either so bonkers or they do interesting things. This is the most horrifying time travel movie I may have ever seen in my life. Of just like, I have all of the power of the universe in my hand, and I've decided to just really, with a personality disorder, target someone and do so many sick, twisted things to them. And she murders a version of herself every day, and the movie never deals with that. And I think that's hilarious. It doesn't deal with it, in a real way, at least. Because I think even in the last one, she killed that person. Like, she even still in the- killed that yeah. person? Yeah. It, it goes full prestige on it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's wild. No, if this was the prestige, what we would have realized at the big reveal at the end is that she's not killing herself. She's killing her twin sister every day. And that would have been wild. Well, the prestige, Wolverine is killing a version of himself every day. That is true. But Christian Bale has a twin, right? Like, that's the. Right. Yeah. Honestly, Prestige is a great movie, by the way, guys. Prestige is a fucking check great out Prestige. movie. Also, check out the Ed Norton version called The Illusionist, which no, is that movie fucking a romantic ass. comedy. Get the fuck out. Movie's fucking dog shit. Get out of here. (laughs) Prestige forever. And mom, I know you're listening to this, and I know we have this fight every time the prestige comes up. You're still wrong. The Illusionist is trash. Hey, mom out there, mom, I want you to know that I dig The Illusionist. I don't know that it's better than The Prestige. The Prestige is a great movie. But The Illusionist is also fun. I like it. No, it's not fun. It's boring and stupid. Well, you guys are going to hate next week then. No, don't do that. You better not. 
<laughs> Do you know how mad people are going to be if we joked about picking Practical Magic and then privately talked about maybe switching back to Practical Magic after Mikey hated this movie <laughs> and then you pick something else? Like, no. I didn't realize that Mikey was okay with us revealing that he hated this movie last night. Too bad. I watched this movie <laughs> and I guess from a mental health lens and also from a oh. human lens was like, <laughs> this is the most unhealthy version of a woman I've seen in, on film in a very long time. Yeah. And we watch horror movies every week. <laughs> she is straight up a super villain, not just a villain, a super villain. When she goes back in time and pretends to be his uncle for three years. Yeah. But then he does the same thing and they treat it as like romantic. He only does it for one day. Yeah. Still, but like the movie presents it to you as like, this is horrifying. And then they're like, but what if he was the cable guy? And you're like, yeah. still horrifying. But of course still he bad. was the cable guy. Like we all saw that coming, right? This is the most unlike Pete Davidson I've ever seen. He just sits there like he knows he's being attacked by everyone. Like he's like, uh, yeah, you're okay. And then this movie has the audacity to make a better movie in the end credits than it did in the whole movie where it had like, really funny like montages of funny things they did every day and they didn't put that in the real movie and that why would you even put it in the movie at that point to me it felt like just better takes of stuff they used in the movie like because it's it is stuff they did it's like them going to that restaurant they went to every time and them going to like different like getting the scarf and the shirt for gary and all that stuff but it's like funnier takes than they actually used in the movie but don't use yeah you could use them you can do a montage of of like yeah, that's how you show time skip in a time skip movie. You do the same thing funnier like 20 times. Oh, yeah. There is not a time loop movie that doesn't have montages. Like, that's how, yeah. you, that's how you do it. The right. only good thing about this movie is that ice cream guy. Dude, that ice cream person is legit the standout in this movie for me. Yeah. Agreed. I have a story about that ice cream. Okay. Um, because it's based on a real ice cream that I have eaten. Is it? Yes. Tell yeah, yeah, yeah. me everything I, I can talk about it now or i can talk about it when it happens Paige, but that cut where he's like the cone's inedible don't eat the cone right, they're like super serious about it i loved it yes. it was so funny so tell me everything Paige. okay 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 so <laughs> there is a and i believe it's actually a, a chain uh because i think there's some all over the country i think there may be one in new york which is how why this ends up in this movie as well sure yeah but they're called cool house c-o-o-l-h-a-u-s cool house and they do a bunch of different kind of you know custom cool flavors and seasonal stuff and they do them in like small batches so like you could go and buy like pints that they had like packed of their custom flavors or you could go and then just whatever flavors they have that day and, and you know eat whatever they have sure and uh at one point they had like uh chicken and waffles ice cream which okay. was surprisingly delicious yeah uh, -huh. uh but they famously had one called dad's secret stash uh oh dad's secret stash is uh they make it with lucky charms infused milk <laughs> with scotch so there's like scotch in the ice cream okay yeah and it's shockingly good, but it will get you drunk. And so, like, they had to card <laughs> you to, to, like, eat the ice cream. Yeah. If you, like, ate enough of it. Like, you'd have to eat a lot of it to sure, get sure, drunk. Sure, sure, sure. But, like. But the second they were, like, Fruity Pebbles infused ice cream, I was like, oh. <gasps> 
J'accuse. So, yeah, that's a real thing. Do they have any that are, like, based on, like, Chex-infused ice cream? No, because no. that would just taste like corn. Yeah, you can't infuse <laughs> just, like, boring Caucasian culture into a flavor. Right. I think it's called pumpkin spice latte, Mikey, and you absolutely can. Am I drinking that right now? Yes, I am. <laughs> Mikey. <laughs> Mikey did legit just, like, reveal a coffee cup on the Zoom call as he drinks mm-hmm. his BSL. He just, like, raises one leg wearing an Ugg boot. <laughs> Honestly, it's very sexy. I love it. But but this movie, it just, it horrified me. It was scarier to me than most of the horror movies we've watched the last few months. Wow. We watched Barbarian recently. That is insane <laughs> yes, to me. Like, we had some scary ones recently. I know. I mean, I'll give you the last two we've done for Horror Virgin because they weren't super scary. But Barbarian was like right before that. To me, she is just as much a villain as the dude who kidnaps people on Barbarian. I'm sorry. I can't get over the way you just said barbarian. 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 (laughs) Barbarian. I'm working on my Mario voice. They're going to call me up. Here we go. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know how to describe it. She horrified me from the opening frame into the closing of the movie in a way that like freaking like I I don't even know like she plays a villain and like she needs to play more villains because like at first I was like oh this is a terrible romantic comedy but I was like this is a good horror movie and she terrifies me honestly though if they had not ended up together and he had to escape her and that was like the end of the movie yeah fantastic horror film yeah right (laughs) if all of it was a lie and she's just trapping him in this time loop fantastic horror film and and here's the thing (laughs) you're gonna be like three-fourths through this movie and you don't know if he's gonna murder her or not because that's literally how scary the movie is because i'm like oh he's got to kill her there's no way yeah we could have unintentionally done a horror movie for romance of the pod which would have been hilarious very funny i did wonder if at a certain point when he went back if he was going to get to a point where he didn't meet her and we were going to see her choose a different person Uh and start the cycle all over again. Oh, damn. I think that actually would have fit like what the movie was saying I think it would have been a better movie, but it would have definitely been a horror movie at that point. Yeah, I was going to say it wouldn't have been a better rom-com, but it would have been a better movie, yes. Also, can we talk about the unhealthy theme of you need another person to save yourself from dying by suicide. That's not a very healthy thing. So Mikey, when they set that up, like that she was going to take her own life and then she has this magical night with somebody and that makes her decide she wants to live. But then by the end of the night, she messes it up. And it's like, that's why she repeats the cycle or whatever. I wanted it to go in the direction of she realizes that she doesn't need someone else to make her happy. And what she needs is to want to like, she needs to want to live for herself. Yeah. Yeah. You need to find meaning and hope in your life yeah and then it just doesn't end that way i was like oh okay and and i'm not saying that you can't have a meaningful day or interaction or something and some and have something remind you of the joy and the good in life and the like you can see the light or whatever but then also like going back every day and being obsessed with that person to keep your life going it is such a cool concept for a horror movie and such a terrible concept for a romantic comedy (laughs) yeah yeah You're absolutely right. Like the first 20 minutes, I hated it. And I was texting. I was like, this is the worst. And then you're like, she becomes more a villain. And then she's like, I've actually been lying about you, even though I had no reason to because you can't remember anything. And I was like, she's even more a villain. I thought it was going full horror about about 30 minutes in. I mean, it sort of did. When she reveals that, oh, no, wait, by the way, it could actually go back more than 24 hours. I was like, what <laughs> right? is Like halfway happening? through the movie? Yeah. And the fact <laughs> that everyone in this movie that knows there's a time-traveling tanning bed is not super rich is insane to me. Yeah. Well, and, and everyone who knows that there's this time-travel bed 
At no point is someone trying to keep the information to themselves. No, they, <laughs> like, they're no. telling everyone they're they meet. They're telling everybody. It's insane. And also, like, if I had done a lot of shitty things in my life and, like, found a time machine, I would go back and stop me from doing those shitty things in my life that led me to be as depressed as she is in this movie. Oh, would you murder your past self? No. I feel like, and maybe it's just because I, I like my life where it is now. Sure. Uh, would not change anything, even bad things. Because I feel like the second you do, you fuck up the future. You do fuck up the future. Todd, we've watched enough of this stuff to know that if you change something, everything changes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a good thing she went back and killed Smithson. Here's I know. <laughs> I needed to know about Smithson. That's the movie I wanted. I wanted, like, a, honestly, I would have taken a six-minute, like, little vignette of scenes that are her, like, in the 1930s, like, murdering someone who is yeah like who we don't know but like is like on the precipice of taking power in some country like oh i would have been here for that yeah and and it's and if he goes back okay but then you have to extrapolate it out so he goes back in time (laughs) so that they never meet and the ergo she never finds the time machine like whatever (laughs) and all of a sudden he comes back to the future he's like what happened and they're like smithson that's so funny (laughs) but like keep the rest of the movie the same that's just six minutes tacked into somewhere in the middle of it right then he has to go back kill smithson like whatever would have been so fucking funny i love it we also need to talk about it she didn't need to murder her past self because she gets sucked back to the future after 24 hours in the past every night mikey her murdering her past self was insane to me. Like, I don't even understand yeah. why it's a plot point in the movie. It doesn't need to be. She, like, wh- why did she even need to do that? Like, I, it was so crazy. I think just so that that version of her is out of the way. Because if she doesn't sure. kill them, they meet Pete Davidson. She is less empathetic than Hannibal Lecter on film. <laughs> okay, she, yes. She is less empathetic than Hannibal Lecter. There is a part of me that was very sad for her because yeah. i'm like yes. you need therapy and also like life is worth living and this is so so sad that like you are this unhappy and this hurt yeah. that you're bringing other people into it. like like there's a level of like someone check her in to what is going on it's full wandavision guys <laughs> like it's wild and the movie at a certain point could have taken the route of like her realizing she needs help and kind of mm-hmm. getting out of it or whatever, or him realizing she needs help and going back in time and getting her help. Like there were so many other avenues than like, nah, full villain. And they end up together. And you're just like, what? <laughs> what? Also with a little bit of time traveler's wife sprinkled over the side. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cause he's like, remember me? Yeah. She doesn't. I know. No, she does. She plants the idea of the cable guy in his head, right? Yes, it's a John Connor scenario yeah. where like uh-huh. he sends back Kyle Reese to raw dog her in those really smelly pants and then she gets pregnant <laughs> and gives birth to John and is like, "John, you have to send Kyle Reese back." Like it's a cycle. It's a, it's a It is a time loop, you might say. Yeah. I just don't understand like if this way at one point was a horror movie. Pete Davidson acts horrified for 95% of the film. As he should. It's yeah. it's a like yeah. every time he finds out, he's like, "What the f- Fuck. And yeah. that's the exact right reaction. Oh. And then at one point I thought he was traveling back to like try to escape her every day and like was like in like a Yes, because sometimes he starts to remember the things she says. Yes. 
I thought we were going to find out that he knew and had been trying to escape the whole time and was pretending. Yeah, trying to convince her to stop going back every day. Yes, something like that. But no, that's not what we discover. No. We just discover that he, I guess, retains some bit of the memory every time, which is impossible. I'm just saying I want Kaylee... How do you spell her last name? Kaylee Cuoco. I want her to play a villain so badly now. Like, when she's just like crying and also saying like the most bonkers unhealthy stuff as she like actively hurts him, I was like, I need to watch her murder people. I think it would be very enjoyable. (laughs) I need to watch her murder people. You got to watch her murder people. Yeah, you did actually. And she's just crying and she's like, I'm going to go back and change your childhood and make it better for me. I was like, oh my god yeah she literally goes back and manipulates him into being eventually worse for her dude i thought it was bonkers that she spent three years playing catch with him and Mm -hmm. he never realized that it was a woman with a fake mustache (laughs) (laughs) how far were they throwing the ball like how far apart were they like that's you heard it here first todd said women can't throw balls that far no i'm saying they they must be able to throw very far because he must have been a good 40 yards away from her to not notice it was a fake mustache i mean he was a child ass child for three years Paige. you're a child ass child for like 13 years. I'm still a child. But then he's like, (laughs) that guy was like a father to me. And so you're just like, okay, so he must have like hugged him, like been up close. And I don't know. I don't know. No other parent in his life noticed it. Like nothing. I know. I thought because he said that, like she is the one who taught him about the birds and the bees and all of that stuff. We don't know, but it's implied. It is implied. She She does teach him sex so he'd be better at sex later on. Yeah, she sends a woman to take his virginity, guys. Yep, and and then has to waylay her the next time. Yeah, I did like when she waylaid her and then like they were eating pizza together. I thought that was a fun little scene. Because she didn't murder her. She murdered everyone else, it is implied. Yeah, it's a crazy, crazy movie. It's a horror movie. Welcome to your horror movie. <laughs> Welcome to the horror virgin, I guess. Although, yeah. I'll say this. I didn't hate the movie. It was just sort of fine. It would have been really good as a horror movie. If you yeah. had tweaked a little bit, yeah. Yeah. Honestly, changed the score, and this is a horror movie. Like, almost (laughs) changed no shots, changed no acting. Well, no, I kind of like it opening as a romantic comedy and then morphing into a horror movie. Like, it almost was brilliant. I mean, as we've established, that does make for a great horror movie. It, in fact, does, yes. It, in fact, does. If you want to drop the credits, like, 30 minutes into it, perfect. I I also didn't hate it, aside from the implications (laughs) Because that's the thing. The thing that at a certain point, I was like, this is not a a romantic movie at all. This is a horror movie, basically. And some of the writing is pretty funny. Some of the things that they do are pretty funny. It it wasn't hard to watch, although it is paced terribly. It's, It's real rough. That first date they go on just takes forever. And then yeah. the repeating of it and then the new information we learn about the the time machine comes at almost 50 minutes into the movie where there's only 30 minutes left. And you're like, wait, what? Like she's a full villain. And then it's like, what's he going to do about it? Well, there's only 15 minutes left in the movie. And so they kind of like spend this whole long time doing not much and then yada, yada, yada the way through the rest of it. Yeah. As opposed to like... I mean, as a horror movie, you kind of got to like 
split your time a little bit better. But I, this movie thinks it's a romantic comedy, so. I'm going to go ahead and hardcore disagree with that. But it is a fine watch. I don't recommend people watch it, but it's fine. It's not great, but it's fine. Yeah. I don't know. It tries to walk this line of being, like, funny and also, like, hyper serious at times. And I don't feel like it nails either of those. Like, honestly, I sort of made fun of Pete Davidson for, like, why is he going to be in a movie? Like, he's not a great actor. I Because I see him on SNL, and I largely think he's not very funny. He's fine. He's not great. I sort of liked him in this. Like, he's not trying to be funny. He's just acting. I thought he was fine. He was okay, but I spent my most of the movie thinking about who else should be in this. Where, like, he was fine, yeah. I guess, but I was like, well, who else would you put? in this and and what would they bring to it because i don't think he's i don't think he's a bad actor he's been in other movies yeah uh, i don't like those movies as much and i've seen him be very funny on snl and he's a very funny stand-up comedian and, and he has kind of a an i would say an in-person charisma that people respond to oh i'm sure he does and yeah. that's i think why he gets a lot of these roles and stuff but the more I was thinking about it, the more I was like, there has to be the thing he brings to this is kind of a sad boy energy. <laughs> well, I, I, yes, I think he's <laughs> he's he's got sad boy energy that night, that one night. But then he also had just really good horrified reactions on his face. Well, that that's kind of what it is, is he's got the sad boy vibe that makes you think that like, oh, he's kind of messed up, too. And so together, you know, whatever. And then on the flip side, when he freaks out about it every time, it's a very human reaction. I think yeah. it's a very grounded in reality reaction. Same. Yeah. And so that does kind of work. But aside from that, he's not bringing a ton of charisma or or interest to this role until the last act where he's like, she's been fucking with my life. I have to trick her. I have to go back. That's when he gets good in this movie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But there was a part of me that's like, there's got to be somebody else who would have made this a more interesting role the whole time, considering it as a horror film. Like, let's just let's say it's a horror movie. Who do you cast instead of him? Leave her in place because she's fucking killing it. So I think if this movie ended with him murdering her with a knife, he would have been perfect because I would love to see the glee <laughs> and sadness on his face with blood covering him. Okay. I think she's almost cast perfectly as a villain in this film. She's great in this. And if he if he's like, reserved up until the last 10 minutes where he has to full on murder her to escape his life. Yeah. I think he would have been perfect because he has a good freak out energy where he, if he just yes. freaked out and was able to like be reserved 90% of the film and then like freak the fuck out for 10 minutes. I think he'd have been great. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. He does have like a good freak out energy. <laughs> Paige, I know you're going to say Sebastian Stan and you're not wrong. No, no, I don't <laughs> know that he's right for this. I mean, we'll watch him in anything. Just don't even worry about right, it. But right, like right. Th that's not kind of the direction I think this should go. Go. I, I almost think his meek energy is why she targets him. So you would need someone with meek energy. That's a good argument. Because my my thing about it that was... That makes it so much sadder, though. It does. It's 100% oh. true. She knows he, she can manipulate yeah. him. And this happens in real life, too. Yeah. Where if someone uh. sees you in a bad spot... She is a predator. Yes. Yeah, you're right. Her bright-ass sundress is her camouflage. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Her dress reminded me of Keep Sweet, and it made me sad. Oh, yeah. I I spent a good portion of this movie being like, why him? Not that there's anything wrong with him, but the obsession did not seem justified. But I think, Mikey, what you just brought up makes more sense of, like, it because she can control him, because uh -huh. she manipulates him. And so if they didn't end up together at the end, 
it would be perfect. And he has great freak out energy. And yeah. Whatever. Yeah. You can't put our cannibal king in it. He's got too much charisma. He's got too much charisma. <laughs> yeah. Like if he was able to like stab her 20 times, freak the fuck out and run away. I've been like, like, like the, like the last scene of Breaking Bad with Jesse. Yeah. Oh God. Maybe she does start. This okay. Again, this is a good horror movie. <laughs> Bad rom com. Yeah. Oof. And it's almost like okay. There's no way that they made this film not knowing what they're doing because like I feel like he was cast because of like he would be targeted and like it, it's it's almost like it was a horror movie and then they made it a, like it. It seems too thought out almost. You know what I mean? It does seem premeditated. Yes. Yeah. To the, to the point where I. Uh, I spent, I, uh, I felt like <laughs> the more I watched it, the more I was like, okay, I don't hate this, but it's not a rom-com. And I really hope the person writing this knows that it's not a rom-com. Yeah. And then at the end, I was like, I don't think they do. But now that we talk about it, I'm like, they had to have known. Like, did someone come in and be like, right? no, no, make it, make it have a happy ending. Does it have a happy ending? Like, no. At the end of this movie, when, when they're like talking as they're like, she comes across the bridge to see the other side, that whole thing, right? And then they're like walking away. What he should says is, hey, I think we should both go to therapy like separately. Instead, he's like, hey, have we ever fucked? Like, that's Hi. all he cares about. Let me tell you how I would end it as a screenwriter. Paige, you tell me what you think. Mm -hmm. So he leaves her on the bridge thinking she might jump, but then also being like, hey, you need to live and walk off and like heal yourself. I'm going this way though. And then she comes to him. He smiles, gets close. And then instead of them like walking off holding hands, he throws her into the water. <laughs> Thinking that he had escaped and she was either going to die or going to move forward. Yeah. But if she, if she came back to him, he either stabs her a bunch of times and throws her in the river or just throws her in the river yelling for freedom. I mean, but Mikey, that is the final girl like slasher ending. He would be the final yes. girl in that scenario. Yes. Yeah. Love it. When I was watching... I really hoped that when he walked away and was like, I have proof, I can prove it to you, that she was going to get tackled by mental health specialists. <laughs> and he was going to be like, I called them before I even came to the bridge. Like, that that's what it was going to be. Or like, she would jump and there'd be like a net and he's like, gotcha, like something. <laughs> I do love that, like, Mikey, you just rewrote the ending based on it being a slasher, and it's, like, a really good ending. But, like, th because they think it's a rom-com, they ended it in this, like, super problematic, terrible way. Yeah. There's just so many choices that are really good for a horror film. What page? Sorry, because I'm looking to see if somebody at any point thought this was a horror movie, and I found a, K a quote from Kaylee Cuoco about it, and it's horrifying. What does she say? I love the role because Sheila's a troubled human being. As yeah. funny as this movie is, this is a troubled soul. She finds this man who she falls madly in love with, but then at the end of the day tries to change him. The lesson she learned is that when you love someone, you take every part of them. You take the good, you take the bad, you take the ugly. That's the lesson, I think, in this movie. We all come with our baggage and you choose to love it. That is not the point of this movie. <laughs> I honestly like, dig that movie. Whoever makes that movie, I'll watch it. That's that is not, not what we watched. Yeah. This is not baggage. You literally go back and murder someone <laughs> hundreds of times. She murders herself, Mikey. She murders herself. And like Palm Springs said, like, hey, yes, there are no consequences, but doing bad things affects who you are. Yeah. Oh. See, that just makes me tell me that she would also be a really good horror villain actor. M Mikey, have you seen her in The Flight Attendant? That's like the only thing I've ever seen her in. And she mm -mm. crushes it in that. And it's like a, she's not a villain in that, but she does bad things in it. Like she's. My mom likes that, that show a lot. It's great. Like I really like the show. I really like her in it. 
So when I saw that she was in this movie, I was like, man, she'll at least be great, even though Pete Davidson can't act. I actually think I was wrong about Pete Davidson. I think he's a fine actor. This made me think if they remade Misery, she would also be a good choice for that. I think you're right. Oh, yes. It made me think that she can act better than I thought, because I was like, she is so unhinged. Like, the whole time I was like... This is bonkers. She scares the shit out of me. Well, here's what's terrible is that based on that quote I just read from her, she doesn't find it scary or she does. And it's just like, that's love, though. And I'm like, no. Oh, yeah. When the person is putting Pete Davidson in the time machine, he's like, that's relationship. And he's like, no, it's not. I'm like, he's correct. You are not correct. The movie argues that he's wrong. I know. The movie clearly believes that he's wrong. And I'm like, Pete Davidson's right, though. Yeah. (laughs) Like, this is. This is an upsetting turn of events. What you don't know is the shots on Pete Davidson are so close when he's like disagreeing with the lady who runs the nail salon. Like he was actually having a conversation with the director about the movie <laughs> and they just <laughs> used those shots and they shot the lady who runs the nail salon later on. And they that, that's how that scene was built. Yeah. 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 They used the time machine to go back. And <laughs> yeah. okay, maybe we should just get in the movie so we can talk about it scene by scene because I have like thoughts about specific little things that happen in this movie yeah yeah okay. yeah, yeah there there's uh, there's something really interesting they do with a the camera that i i'm curious if you noticed as well todd they shot it low there's that but i'll talk about it when we get there because okay. it'll make more sense when we talk about it in the scene okay cool, cool cool okay so uh we open with an amazing cover of will you love me tomorrow i have to find it so i can listen to it all the time anyway we open on her in a bar watching sports ball And Pete Davidson is like not really caring. He's just kind of sitting there drawing on coasters. And the bartender approaches her and is like, so are you been staring at him like all night? What are you going to do about it? And she's like, yeah, I'll go over there and buy him a drink. And thus proceeds the date. She goes over and buys him a drink. She's kind of fun and awkward about it. Yeah, They end up talking. They go to the brightest, most Christmas-lighted restaurant I've ever seen, but now I need to I go. I was say, I sort of loved it. Like, I love Indian food. I love, like, weird lighting, and, like, it's like there are no lights except for those, like, Christmas-looking lights that are hanging from the ceiling. I loved it. But there's so many of them. It's yeah. what I want everything to look like at Christmas. Yes. Well, so, fun fact, Pete Davidson is very, very, very tall. Yeah. Um, He's, like, 6'5", and so there's a point where he stands up and his head gets tangled in the lights. Yeah, that's in the post credits. Like that should have been in the movie. Yeah, like, all of the good stuff is in the post credits. Like yeah. all of the romantic stuff isn't. Like all the cool time loop stuff is in the post credits. Well, they also okay. So I, I'll burn a fun fact. There's not a ton of fun facts for this movie, but to understand it, we should. This movie is largely improv. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. It it does. Now here's the thing. I would say this is more successful than most because well, and especially on horror virgin, I think we've talked about this a lot. Lot more than we've talked about it here where on horror virgin when everyone's like this movie is completely improv that is usually the death knell for that movie yeah <laughs> unless someone has a strong editing hand and this movie has a pretty strong editing hand it except does. for this first 20 minutes well 
also all their takes are horror movie takes is what they use yeah. for the whole movie i mean but that here's what's terrible that's good improv yeah because that's them reacting naturally in the situation yeah i do think that it's funny that it's the majority of it's improv and we got a horror movie vibe from it and they didn't i think they did i think they did i mean the I actors clearly did because they're responding truthfully in the scenes and it feels like a horror movie and here's the thing it's like it it is outlined there was a script but then they were asked to then improv based on what was happening in the script so they would like do one take clean and then improv which is how judd apatow typically works as well yeah that's i would say the most successful way to do a movie that is largely improv is to basically have a script and then try to beat the line but that does result in kind of what we have for the first 20 minutes of this movie of like lines almost don't seem natural because they're too funny and there is a balance that you kind of have to strike because they seem to have this kind of like very quippy conversation to the point where you're like, no one really talks like this. Yeah, like, it's sort of like Aaron Sorkin-ish. Yes. You know how it's yeah. like, it's quippy and fun dialogue, but people don't actually speak that way. Like that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Or if you do for like five minutes, I would just turn you and be like, shut the fuck up. I feel like you said that to me a lot. <laughs> well. That's because I don't speak in Aaron Sorkin land. I speak like a human being. <laughs> I don't talk and walk at the same time because it hurts my brain. No, I'm kidding. I don't believe in brains. You don't believe in brains. Best believe mm -hmm. they're delicious and we've got one billion of them to eat. That's right. <laughs> we've got to solve the world's problems. I can't. I can't do this with you guys again. I just can't do it. <laughs> what? There's a rom-com that is actually a horror movie and you don't want us to talk about cannibalism? What are we even doing here? Talk. <laughs> if you went back 24 hours... And murdered yourself. Would you eat yourself? No. Yeah. What if she's eating the the selves in the trunk? I could go back in time and murder Todd. You couldn't, Todd? Hey, wait. I couldn't even go back in time and murder you, Mikey. And you're like, no, I could definitely go back in time and murder Todd. That would be fun. Yeah, that would be great. I could well, more easily murder you than me. Of course. Just based on size. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the most murderable yeah. on this podcast. But I'm scrappy. <laughs> and I will be waiting for you with a knife. It's a weird thing to go on the record as. We all know I'm five foot two. Yeah. Like, come on. People lose me in crowds. I'm very murderable. <laughs> it, I just realized that as they're walking off hand in hand, the last scene in this movie, she has a body decaying in her trunk. Yep. Yeah. It's yeah. her body decaying in the trunk, Mikey. Yep. The only reason I think that that's probably not going to be an issue is because he knows that her time travel stuff is real because he's now done it. But they're just going to dump that body into the Hudson. You're absolutely right, Paige. They are going to like, I don't even know if this would be murder, but like they're he's going to be an accessory after the fact, at least. Well, because when they find her body, they're going to identify her with her dental records and her fingerprints. And then they're going to find out that she's still alive. And she's going to be like, uh oh, guess there's not a murder. And they're like, I guess there's not. It's going to be like the outsider. That's a more interesting movie. Again. Yeah. In this movie. Also kind of a horror movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand how it works, though, because if she goes back 24 hours in time and runs over herself the morning she finds the tanning, the tanning bed that time travels, she would just disappear from the world, right? Like, wouldn't that close the loop? Well, I think she would pop back to the point at which she went back, which is after that day. Right. I agree with you, Todd. I thought she would be dead when she came back. Yeah. Because she killed herself. I think the version of her he saves is the one that continues to exist. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. But like the second she goes back and kills herself, uh huh. So like she runs over herself the morning she finds the tanning bed. Right. When she does that, and then she like, 
I really love when she was like still sort of alive, and then she turned on the windshield wiper to get her off the hood <laughs> of the car. To get her that off made the me, hood. That made me laugh so hard. Uh, but like she would disappear the second she died, right? Because she she could then never go on to find the tanning bed, right? No, because it's a time loop. This is exactly like the cable guy because he finds the tanning bed, right? Yeah. She murders her. So we know that happens. So the version of her that goes in and uses the tanning bed is always the future version of her oh. from the first time she does it. Okay. All which right. means that at the at the point at which she pops back at the end of the night, it is still the future version of her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. She just goes out of her way to murder a version of herself unnecessarily. Yes. Exactly. And she does all of this to, quote unquote, get her past self out of the way from meeting Pete Davidson. Yes. She doesn't at all go to the... Because Pete Davidson's already at the bar. She she could just go 10 minutes early, pick him up 10 minutes early, and then leave the bar to go get dinner with him. But no, she decides the better course of action is to murder herself every day. Well, that's why he says at one point, like, I don't think that's necessary. And it's she just not. goes, it is. And then just keeps going. <laughs> like, yeah. She she is unhinged. Yes. But it's, it's a John Connor kind of scenario where, like, John has to send Kyle back, right? Right. But the version that's sending telling John to send Kyle back is always the future version of Sarah where Kyle has already gone back. Yes. Because of that, the first time they make that decision, yeah. it starts the loop. Yes. Time loop movies, man. You know what's a more romantic movie than this movie? Terminator. Honestly, Paige, this movie is not at all romantic to me. No, it's Terminator not. remains the most romantic time loop movie. Change my mind. Paige, I feel like you saw that at a very formative time in your youth. It's my cable guy. Like, the 12 Dates yeah. of Christmas is definitively the most romantic time loop movie that we have done. That movie is terrible, Mikey. Terminator doesn't have bread ornaments. I rest my case. Mm -hmm. That's the night before Christmas, by the way. They're the same movie. It doesn't They're matter. They're not the same. <laughs> But I will say, yeah, if each one of us has a cable guy in our lives that shapes us as adults, Terminator might be my cable guy. But what's your cable guys? The first time you see Maid Marian and Robin Hood Men in Tights is probably my cable guy. That makes so much sense. I know. It's not something I'm proud of. It is reality. Man, it's got to either be Starship Troopers. <laughs> There's a lot of boobs in that movie that had me going. You know, this this Denise Richards fella, she's pretty great. Uh, Denise, <laughs> Denise Richards, Richards fella, Paige. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm over here like it's either Terminator or that scene from Aliens where Hicks teaches oh, her how to use the no. gun. That scene in Aliens where she has the underwear crawl into the escape pod and Alien, oh, the first one. That's the first one, Alien, yeah. Yeah, I was like, I think I like women's hips. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I am nine years old. Or it could have been Predator for me where I'm like, so shoulders though. I could see that. Mine was even unhealthier. I was like, Predator. So this is what like being a man's supposed to be. Okay. Oh wow. Yeah, that's not a great look at what a man's supposed to be, quote unquote. I mean I mean like Is it though? <laughs> actually, I do feel like I learned so much from Jesse Ventura and the other guys like romantic relationship in that they're, movie. They're loving relationship <laughs> with each other. Yes. The Predator is a better rom-com than this movie. The Predator has healthy male friendships. It does. Where were we in this movie? I don't know. Fuck this movie. Do you want to talk about Terminator more? <laughs> uh, okay. Anyway, so uh, they're at dinner. Yeah. And she basically tells him like, so I'm a time traveler. Here's where the time travel thing is. And he's just like, ha ha ha. Now, if somebody did this to you on a date, how soon are you running away from that date? Like, how soon are you like, I'm going to use the restroom and then never coming back? I thought about that, too, because for me, if this was your opener, 
I love it. It's charming. It's silly. It's funny. And then you drop it and you move on with the night, right? If you right. continue to try to make me believe that you're from the future or whatever, like it would probably take about 15, 20 minutes before I would be like, okay, she's mentally unwell, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like as an opener, like an icebreaker, I'm here for it. It's a good callback. Yeah, opener, icebreaker, callback is fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But constantly, not a good look. Yeah. Which honestly is probably why he leaves her at the end of every night. Yeah. Also, like the fact that they never had sex and like he's like, no, 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 it's too soon. Like there had to be some version of events where he would sleep with her. Yeah, there is. We see it in the other horror version of this movie, Fresh, where oh. he then tricks her into selling her meat. Uh, no. OK, so here's my thinking, though. So like that first night before she goes back in time. Right. So she loses him. And for her, that means the next day is terrible. Yeah. Well, part of me is like, did we try calling him the next day? Like what she happened to truly lose him? And it, she didn't try anything. She didn't lose him. She just relives the same day over and over again. Yes. Because like, it, here's the thing. Her talking about time travel is what ruins it because that's crazy. The yeah. rest of it doesn't ruin it so there's a part of me that's like this is a self-fulfilling prophecy yeah well she says it she's like well if, if i went to the next day something would happen or we'd grow apart or anything like that like that's part of her villain monologue where she's like yeah or you wouldn't like me or i wouldn't like you and like we can just live right here forever and i was like oh my that god that's terrible that sounds so terrible it's terrifying and then she does it for over a year yeah and they didn't yeah. even try other restaurants they yeah they don't try a new restaurant for a year which, like, that place must be amazing. I mean, but Pete Davidson's getting it for the first time every night. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> but she's not. No, but she's making the choice to do that. Like, it's not on him. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't make any sense. She's a villain. Yeah. Anyway, we cut to them having dessert where they have uh, the ice cream that's made out of cereal milk. Which, by the way, you can do that at home if you make your own ice cream. You could infuse cereal milk and then make ice cream with it. This is an option available to you. I'm not going to do that, but I appreciate the uh, the thought. Mm -hmm. It seems like too much work. Well, I mean, you you don't need an ice cream machine, but it's going to help a lot. No, I mean, like, even if I had an ice cream machine, it seems like a, a lot of work to just make ice cream. Like, I'm just going to, like, get some Ben and Jerry's and call it a night. You put cream and ice in a, in a thing and it turns. Can you do it in a margarita maker? No, it's not <laughs> quite the same. I mean, you could maybe try, but it would probably ruin your margarita maker. This cone has a salt rim, Mikey. But be careful, the cone's not edible, so don't eat it. <laughs> they say that to me every time they serve me a margarita anyway. <laughs> so there's salt on the rim, but the glass is not edible. Yeah. <laughs> Don't eat the glass. I will say fresh churned ice cream is like chef's kiss good, but you also have to like be kind of good at making it. So like it's tricky, but if you if you like put your mind to it and learn how to do it, you can make some damn good ice cream at home for about the same price as buying ice cream at the store. <laughs> yeah, and Ben and Jerry's It's not cheaper, really. Ben and Jerry's nailed how to make good ice cream. So I'm just going to stick with buying their flavors that I enjoy. Anyway, so they go from eating their ice cream cones. They have kind of a conversation about it does taste like their childhood. Where should we go next? They go to like an Oktoberfest themed backyard beer garden restaurant where they're literally only there for a couple minutes yeah. and he knocks over somebody else's drink and he's very upset about it. And she says, it's okay for things to be messy sometimes. But this is also where she admits that she's been killing all of her past selves. And he's like, what? And thinks it's just like a dark joke. Yeah. Because that, here's the thing, as a lady who makes inappropriate and dark jokes in conversation. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Sometimes we're crazy and serious. So you really have to like question. Oh, <laughs> like, okay. Like, 
are we making these jokes because we're funny or do we have a body in our trunk? The question this movie asks. I would immediately ask to see that trunk, though. I'm not going to lie. And not like her butt. I'd have been like, yo, I got to see that caboose. I would also (laughs) ask to see her butt. I mean, yeah, like, listen, I probably wouldn't shy away from that part of it, too. But I would definitely want to verify that she wasn't a murderer before I saw the butt. But then (laughs) there's a risk that she might pop that trunk and there's like duct tape and and rope and zip ties back there. These are my My tools. tools. Yeah, I like to bow to be bound like that. Uh, And then she just like tips you into the trunk. And then you have to say yes because you're already in the trunk because, because of, the of the implication. Exactly, exactly, mm-hmm. Paige. You know, so like that could put you in more danger because maybe she like hasn't killed anybody yet, but she's like, wink, wink, are you into it? You know? Yeah. She's testing the waters to see if you like to bind and be bound. By time. The constraints of time. This is a BDSM time machine movie. No, but I'm here for a BDSM time <laughs> machine movie. Of course you are. <laughs> Wait, isn't that just Hellraiser? No, Hellraiser is essentially a movie about a woman who got dignitized so hard she murders to get that D again. That's true. I've been there, brother. I what? killed. There is the whole like puzzle box. There are such things I could show you. Sometimes your D's too strong. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the BDSM Rubik's Cube. I'll be honest with you. If a, a lady ever murdered somebody to get the D again, I'm not going to give that lady the D again. She needs help. Like that. that's not something that I'm willing to be a part of. But in Hellraiser, he's the one telling her to do it. So it'd be like, you being like, if you want to touch this sweet D again, you have to kill enough people so that the D rematerialize. <laughs> That's what I do. Who wrote that movie? Clive Barker? Clive Barker, yeah. So you could tell that he brought a woman home one night and was like, here, I'm going to get undressed and oil up. You do this Rubik's Cube while I do <laughs> that. <laughs> oil up? And when you solved it, I will come back and pleasure you. But also, you need to kill the help. <laughs> Here are a handful of wind-up chattering teeth. Do mm-hmm. with them as you will. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> this is a horror movie. Like, this is why all of our references are horror references. <laughs> Everyone's going to listen to this and be like, was this supposed to be on the horror virgin feed? Yes. No. But it is October, so I guess this fits into horror romance. <laughs> I think it does. And honestly, the reason I picked the movie I picked is because it's October. If you pick that fucking Ed Norton piece of shit film. You mean Ed Norton's best movie, The Illusionist? That is not Ed Norton's best it's movie. Not, I can't. It is not. I, I, I need to leave. <laughs> I, for, for the record, I just like that movie. I don't even think it's amazing. I'm just fine with it, you know? Anyway, they continue on the date after the beer garden, after she admits to being a murderer. Okay, but like jokingly so, because he still thinks she's making up the whole time travel thing. Like, yeah. if I was on this date with her and she said that, I would think that that was just her like, randomly searching for a reason the old version of herself hasn't shown up you know what i'm saying like just mad libbing it or whatever you know yeah i also i'm sure just knowing me knowing me deep down inside i can almost guarantee that at some point in some interaction with some gentleman in a bar i've said oh no i've got a body in my trunk just to be a chaos queen like i'm sure i've done it (laughs) guilty as charged probably but are you the kind of chaos queen though that would go and like steal a mannequin from a like department store and stuff it in your trunk fully clothed so that you can even do the trunk pop in the best buy parking lot todd i need to tell you a story (laughs) (laughs) i love everything about this let's go about my sister and i's 19th and 21st joint 
joint birthday. Joint, I love joint. I'm so <laughs> sorry. Birthday. That was amazing. I can we keep that joint? I love it. Yeah, oh my do. god. Hell yeah. Use it. Make joint happen. It's definitely <laughs> going to happen. I'm just gonna start making shirts that say joint. It's our joint birthday. Because my sister and I are two years and two days apart. Aww. Or actually, no, it was her 21st, my 23rd. Okay. Sorry. Still joint, but yeah. Still joint. <laughs> we went to a family-style restaurant, you may have heard of it, called Buca de Beppo. Fucking hate Buca de Beppo. I hate it too, but- What? What's wrong with both of you? I like to order the food I'm going to eat, and I don't want other people touching my food. So like, that's, that's why I don't yeah. go there. Yeah. I don't like sharing. Uh, I have learned at Buca de Beppo that you can actually order things as entrees, as opposed to- to sharing. Yeah, you can. So I just do that. We went once and it was a group of friends and a couple of girlfriends and I, I was single surprisingly. And <laughs> the girlfriends loaded up their fucking plates yep. and didn't finish their food and I was still hungry at the end and I was like, fuck this restaurant. Yep. See, that's when you know you find the one because like this happens to Jake and I all the time and Jake just knows I'm going to hand him my plate when I'm done. So it'll be like, Jake, do you want more? And he's like, no. And then I'm like, do you want to finish mine? And he's like, yes. Well, <laughs> yes, but I can't do that to other people's girlfriends. Yeah, that's true. Family style is just bad. Anyway. Agreed. So we, w- we went to Buca de Beppo and we walked into the little like lobby area and they were advertising a Prosecco company owned by Danny DeVito. And oh, yes. because of that, they had a life-size Danny DeVito cardboard cutout in the lobby. And do you know what you can easily steal when you have eight people committed to the task? A A (laughs) 3.8 inch Danny DeVito life-size cutout. You absolutely can. (laughs) Speaking of short kings. Short kings. So we stole that short king and brought it up to the Pope room where we were having our party. I'm sorry. Did you say the Pope room? Yeah. Did you not know that most Buca de Beppos have a Pope room? That that's their event room? Really? Okay. Is it like Pope themed? Yes, and there's, at least in this one. Are we talking like fish hat, red shoes, Pope? At this one, in the center, it was a big old round table. Okay. In the center was a, uh, like a bust of JP the Deuce. Wow. John Paul II. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a little fake plexiglass Pope mobile. Like, (laughs) like it's great that honestly is amazing (laughs) yeah and we put danny at the table so that they had to take his order with us (laughs) um but this is just one of many times that my sister and i have either stolen some sort of promotional item or seriously thought about stealing a promotional item then didn't do it and then regretted it for the rest of our lives Like, we almost stole one of those Old Navy dogs, and we could have gotten away with it. We should have done it. Every time we go to an Old Navy, we're like, we should have stolen that dog. I used to want to steal one of the big circles that are out in front of Targets, but they're, like, bolted down. I thought I thought yeah. they were just, like, super heavy, but no, they're, like, they're cemented bolted. into the ground. Yeah, like, you can't lift them. You can't. But anyway, to answer your question, am I the kind of person who would steal a mannequin and put it in my trunk for comedy purposes? Absolutely yeah. I am. And this is why we're friends, Paige. <laughs> I'd steal a person and put them in my trunk for comedy purposes. I mean, if if they consent, yeah. there's footage of me in a roast battle documentary of me locked in Dan Nolan's trunk. So clearly, I have a hefty chaos energy yeah. when it's two or three in the morning. I can't be responsible for the trunk actions I partake in. To clarify, I was just in the trunk because there weren't enough seats in the car. And I was like, I'm a small. And then they forgot I was there. And I had to call other people to get me out of the trunk. (laughs) Whatever. The moral of the story is just steal more mannequins. Live your life. Yeah. All right. So what happens next? So they stay on the date. They're walking through the streets. They light sparklers. They, you know, talk about their lives. 
then this is where she's like, yeah, we've had this date seven times in a row. And he's like, uh, I, I don't believe you. But like, let's just say that I did. Why would you do that? And she's like, well, because we always have a good time. Like, it's always the best night. Yeah, it just works. Like, don't you feel the chemistry and the magic? And he's like, uh, no, like, why don't we try something new? And she's like, well, it doesn't end well, because either tomorrow Amber's going to call you and tell you she's pregnant or you get killed, or we get nuked, and we think it's North Korea, but it turns out it's an inside job, yeah. which is my favorite of the list. Because <laughs> I'm like, Pierce Brosnan did it. He did do it. <laughs> She's like, you have to trust me, tomorrow's bad. And he's like, I'm tired, I need to go to bed. Yeah. And she just goes, I'll see you tomorrow. And he just kind of walks off. Yeah. Which, to me, is like, this isn't even a full deal breaker, necessarily. Oh, do you mean like what she says isn't a full deal breaker? No, no, no. I mean like this interaction. There are interactions later in this movie where he's like, you're fucked up. I'm leaving. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one is just like, that's weird, but I'm tired and my head hurts. I'm going to go to bed. Yeah. You know, like I think if she had let things progress and texted in the next day after this night, he would have been like, are you still a time traveler? But they probably would have gone out again. I think she did that. We just don't see it because at this point in the movie, it's established that the time machine can only take you back 24 hours but it's revealed later she's lying about that so i think yeah. she did progress past it you think she's explored the future yes and he didn't continue the relationship and the second he was like ghosted oh, her or whatever yeah. that's when she yeah. decided to go back so they could have lived hundreds of relationships and she kept going back to this night that's true in theory because we don't know how far past this one that she got yeah before she started coming back yeah that's a another level of terrifying it is it doesn't make it better it, it makes it like worse <laughs> because that means she could have lived through all of those eventualities like yeah amber calling and being pregnant or him being hit by a bus or whatever yep. or North Korea might be one that she made up or maybe we're in for something in the next couple of years. But like, <laughs> I mean, they are testing their nuclear weapons like that is actually actively happening. Yeah. For all we know, she lived through it, called in the next day and they had a full relationship and he broke up with her and she just reset the cycle. Yeah. She she could be Amber. Basically, <laughs> she's everywhere. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, she is negating his ability to not be in this relationship with her, right? She's removing his consent via basically, I don't know, a tanning bed that is also the time stone. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. That reading makes it worse, but that's how I saw it. That's like, that's what made sense to me in this moment. Yeah. No, I mean, that's absolutely true. Uh, we cut to the next day. This is the first time we see where the day starts uh, because we see her walking and getting coffee and she's clearly not having a great day. She's kind of upset. And she gets hit by a car and we reveal that it is herself from the future. So now we know for sure that whole trunk thing, not a joke, not being a chaos queen, just hitting people with her car. Oh, God. We cut through like six or seven versions of this date that all kind of go the same. Yeah. And she starts bringing up like, well, we've been doing this for three months. We've been doing this for five months. We've been doing this for almost a year. And we finally get to about three months in she tells him during i believe it's dinner she's like normally i tell you about the nail salon tanning bed but like there's more to the story and this is where we first hear that she was like i'm gonna kill myself but i want to go out with nice nails and she does say uh i was greeted with the traditional nail salon greeting and it's just what color yeah which is accurate yeah <laughs> It doesn't matter what salon you go to, who's running it, who's working there, what city you're in. 
what color is always the first question. I love the name of the nail salon too. Nail me good. I was like, that's a great name for a Very nail salon. Very fun. Yeah. I do like <laughs> that in this scene, she comes in, she's like, I'm going to kill myself and I want to go out with some nice nails for the fans. And then they still just go, what, what color? color? <laughs> <laughs> like, yes. It's like the most cry for a help a nail salon has ever heard and they still don't care. Oh, that's definitely not true. All kinds of shit goes down at the nail salon. <laughs> I assume that's true. I don't know. I don't think I've ever done a crisis call at a nail salon, though. No, you don't need to because the salon workers will like collectively be like, see, you can't be sad when your nails are this pretty. And you're just like, I guess I can't be. And then the crisis call comes later after you've left the nail salon and you're like, I can still be sad. That all checks out. Yeah. There's also, there is something to be said. And this is just a, a just general mental health thing of like showering, maintaining your personal appearance can often boost your mental health. And nail appointments definitely do that if you're able to, even if you're just getting like uh, somebody to hold your hands and rub lotion on them while you sit there in silence. There's something about it that you're just like, oh, I do feel better. <laughs> it's great. I recommend guys do it too. Get a pedicure, man. I do love pedis. I've had a number of pedicures. Like they're great. Jake had his first one our wedding weekend. Nice. Because my dad talked him into it. <laughs> My dad is a pedicure king. Yeah. When I was in uh, retail, my nails broke so much. But now that I don't work in retail, I go every four to six weeks. And it's it really does help my mood. Yeah. And I like plan out what I'm going to get. It's like a whole thing. Honestly, your nails, fabulous. Love it. I had those cool blood spatter ones for uh, Panic Ooh. Fest. They were cool, yeah. Anyway, so she goes to use the bathroom, finds the tanning bed. And June, the woman who I believe owns the nail salon, Oh, no. She says that there's an owner yeah. and he bought the tanning bed. She works there. Anyway. Yeah. I got the impression that she was like the manager slash like she also does nails. We see her doing nails. Something. I, I thought yeah, she was yeah, like yeah. in a position of authority at the store. Yeah. Correct. And she basically was like, I mean, hey, before you kill yourself, why not time travel? Like you could always kill yourself later. Yeah. Which is it's a very callous way to say it. But I do kind of really like that logic because if you've ever talked to somebody who's having a bad time, uh -huh. maybe having some ideation, sometimes all it takes is to like, hey, we should go to Panda Express now and you could do this, whatever. Right. So yeah. like, yes, I do that a lot. But instead of saying Panda Express, I say mental health treatment. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but also Panda Express. But yeah, just anything to like, here's the thing. Killing yourself, always an option. So let's do yeah. some other stuff first. Yeah. Like, right? Do you want to <laughs> go out not having one of their cream cheese Rangoons? Like, oh, uh, cream cheese Rangoons. Of course you don't. Let's Rangoon up, and then later we can decide what we want to do with the rest of our lives. Yeah, we're going to goon up. Yeah. Somebody write a really cool anime about a, a Rangoon that comes to life and is trying to escape being eaten, but also solving crime or something. Hell yeah. Just putting mm. it out into the universe. <laughs> anyway, so... She responds to, why not time travel with like, okay. And she does say to her, like, why are you being so nice to me? I'm a loser. And she says, you tip decent. And she <laughs> goes, I do tip decent. You're I right. I do tip decent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which honestly, first rule of, of being a regular nail salon customer over tip. Yeah. Just in general, because then you establish a relationship as a regular customer. Absolutely. And it's just better that way. People don't mess up your nails as much. Also, mm. those people don't make enough money. Like the service industry that people too. don't make enough money. So always tip more if you can. Yeah. Same goes for like waiters. And if you're and tipping on Venmo, use an emoji so they don't know what it's for. I get my haircut from a guy. He's literally called the Woodshop Barber because his barber shop is literally just his like 
it's a really nice garage, but it literally is just his garage. Anyway, so he like... I watch a guy like that on TikTok. I'm going to be stunned if this is the same person. I, I promise you it's not. It, it can't be. <laughs> but like he accepts payments for his services through Venmo, but I always write pizza money when I'm paying him. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's exactly whatever I tip uh, my nail technician. I do fun emojis. Yeah. <laughs> to make it seem like it's like girls day. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like you have a girls day exactly every six weeks. <laughs> yes, I do. It's scheduled every six weeks. Yeah. So Nothing wrong with planning. The IRS is going to be like, you and Matt get pizza at like 9.45 every six Wednesdays. And that's weird, Todd. You know what's weird? Learning someone's Venmo schedule. Yeah, that is weird. IRS. I mean, if any of us run for Congress, (laughs) it's going to happen. They're going to be like, you Venmoed Kaylee the nails emoji 27 times. (laughs) I don't know if you've been paying attention to races for Congress now, but I feel like we would be okay. I honestly think we could win. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of recorded on mic content of me being like, yeah, steal a mannequin. Uh, yeah, I've got bodies in my trunk. Let's do it. Like again, currently the bar not set high. Yeah, true. But the bar open because <laughs> they like beer. <laughs> oh god. Anyway, so one of the things that happens in the scene that actually does make me laugh really hard is that she's crying and she's trying to like basically wipe away her tears with a tissue but she just got her nails done. Yeah, and she's like trying to do it with like the palms of her hands and then and, June and June ends up having yeah. to do it for her. I loved it, yeah. Which it it is exactly the feeling of whenever a, a nail technician has to then put your own shoes on you like a baby. Yeah. You're just like, I'm sorry. I'm trying not to make this difficult. Anyway, so she goes back in time and she tells him like, yeah, I've I've been out the other side a couple times. It's not great. This is the first time I've been happy in a long time. So I think you might be right, Todd. I think maybe she did live out the future and then. Yeah. Yeah. I I think it is. I don't know how far she went. I mean, it may just be like he always ghosts her after that night. Something, yeah. Uh, And she just wants to relive their magical night because they do say i don't really see it on screen but they do say they have like this magical connection or whatever uh and i could see maybe wanting to relive that like i've had a few nights that were like that where i just had like a instant spark with somebody and you just have like an amazing night and i'd want to relive that like once or twice that like that would be fun doing it 365 times like she does in this movie is crazy to me but also i would like a relationship with that person exactly Yeah. yeah 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 and i've had relationships with people that i've had magical nights with And they haven't worked out. And that's okay because you're not meeting someone's true self on those magical nights. You're meeting like their best ambassador. Well, you know, it's not even best ambassador. You just, you know, there's chemistry and there's clicks and there's, there's, you come at things at a different emotional angle than, you know, depending on the day and what's going on in your life. I have a bonkers angle here uh, where I think killing myself in the past might be kind of cathartic. Oh, interesting. Tell me more. I thought it was in this movie a metaphor for the fact that she still does want to kill herself. Yes, I thought thought so too. Yeah. But also like, have you ever wanted to just like beat the shit out of yourself for like bad choices you've made in the past? No, not like actually like I've done that like verbally to myself. (laughs) Yeah, but think about it now. You wouldn't have to beat yourself up internally verbally. What if there was an external version of you and you just beat the shit out of them and say why you're doing it? I would be too afraid that if I go back in time to beat up my previous self, I would have those bruises. Like I would be just hurting myself. No, 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 no. We have a technology where it creates an external version of you. You want to clone destroy. yourself oh, you so that beat you can clone. hunt yourself. This is also about you hunting and eating your own clone. I see like, where you're going. No, yeah. no, 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 no. This is not about eating or cloning. This is about revolutionary mental health treatment. <laughs> I feel 
like I'm a verbal fighter, not a physical fighter in general. Same. Uh, so this doesn't appeal to me. Yeah. But what if you had an external version of you that you could just belittle about stuff that you wanted to belittle yourself about? Instead of internalizing it, you external it to an internal version of you. Think I think that it. would make me internalize it more because it would saying it out loud and having seeing it affect me would make me feel it more. I think for me, the idea of like fighting yourself is not as powerful as I have found accepting yourself to win fights. I know this is going to sound crazy. Hear me out for like two seconds. Do it. I feel like I became a better comic and also a slightly mentally healthier person from roast battling, which I know is going to sound crazy, but hear me out. Because in order to be good at roast battle, at a certain point, you have to accept what people are going to say about you yeah, and just kind of take it. And part of the way that you do that is by no longer ascribing negative connotations to a lot of those things. So like, you could call me fat all day long. I'm like, yeah, that's a descriptor, but I love me and I have a great life. Yeah. So it doesn't matter what you say to me, essentially. And it, so it kind of forces you to like radically accept things about yourself in a way that is, I think, very powerful. And some of the catharsis of saying the things that you wish you had thought to say to people who bullied you <laughs> like in the moment can be very cathartic. So I find that a lot more a lot more powerful than I think I would find me having a version of myself to just be like, you're so fat. How fat is she? Like, you know, whatever. <laughs> So I think that's where I land on that. But Paige, I would absolutely watch a roast battle mirror match between Paige Wesley oh. versus Paige Wesley. I feel like I'd have to do it now, though, not a past me. Like, oh, yeah, it, yeah. it has to be present me versus present me. Which honestly, but. Paige, I could very easily shoot that if you wanted to do like that as a sketch. I could like that's so easy to do. I want to murder myself. Could you do that? We got to clone you first. Yeah. And again, the ethics of cloning, murky. I'm more on board with eating a billion people. The ethics of cloning, I don't know how murky they are. The ethics of cloning to then eat or cloning to then like hunt and murder, that is ethically right. weird, right? Most dangerous game, yeah. Right. But like if I have a bad heart and you're cloning me a better version of my own heart and not cloning like a whole person, just the heart to replace, yeah. that's dope. I'm on board for that. And that's like where cloning technology is going. Except yeah. for the whole person they have to throw away to take the heart out of. But then, I mean, then you could sell the meat for so much money. Yes. Oh, we no. could get really cool mid-century houses go. in the middle of the woods. I went out of my way to say cloning just the heart, not the whole body. You can't clone just the heart. No, you can't. Yeah, they, they are, are that's 3D what printing right organs, Mikey. <sighs> that's where cloning technology is going. Which is another reason why I think we might live forever. Oh, I don't want to live forever. But I want to go back in time and just fuck with one singular person, just like this lady did. I also Oof. thought this movie could have ended with her picking someone else at the bar to be her next victim. Also a good horror movie ending. Yeah. Anyway, there's something, this scene is where they do the weird camera thing that I want to bring up. Okay. So whenever you're shooting conversation scenes or scenes where people are talking to people, uh, it's also called a shot reverse shot scene. Yeah. You usually shoot from one specific side because it's the side that most people accept as a spatial default for where people are sitting or standing in a scene. Like that's how our brain interprets it. Yeah. When they teach this in film school, they teach it as if there's a line between those two people and you have to be on one side or the other and you can't cross that line in the same scene 
because it disorients the viewer, except they do it in this scene. And it's one of those film school rules that you almost never see broken ever because it is disorienting. But once she tells him about time travel, it switches sides and is shot low, Yeah, which is it literally makes you question who is sitting in what part of the table because it's not the same angle it's from the other side and technically usually shot reverse shots are shot from the left hand side of the viewer so left to right that and in part that is also a western thing we read left to right yeah forward motion in films is depicted left to right this movie then switches in this scene right to left so that you're like wait where is he sitting did they switch seats what's happening because of that switch and it's meant to disorient you. And they only do it this one time. But I was like, oh, weird. I've never seen somebody. Yeah. Like, that's a great way to represent this. But it's very, very subtle. And it's very rare that you see people intentionally break that rule. I didn't know if you'd noticed it as well. I didn't notice that. I did, but largely because I'm always thinking from the perspective of, okay, if Pete is left justified and Kelly is right justified, that denotes them having a conversation. And we're seeing both sides of it, right? And it's cutting back and forth between those two. And then it does, in this scene, change that justification without giving another establishing shot. Right, so exactly. you are sort of, ooh, um, what happened? Are, did they move seats? Did they move tables? Is this a different yes, night? Yes, You do sort of ask those questions. And I thought that it was either A, they wanted it to feel like it might have been a conversation they've had over multiple nights and we're just seeing cuts of the multiple nights. Yeah, right? I can see that. Or it literally was them doing like improv and they just liked the takes when they were moving the camera around. Because a lot of this camera or a lot of the camera work in this is literal like handheld cameras. around Mm -hmm. them Uh, which is cool it creates the slight sort of uh, motion in the camera itself that gives it sort of a effect of like uneasiness kind of a dreaminess yes yeah 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 yeah. and secession does this a lot with like quick zooms and like a lot of some shaky camera stuff and it does that to be like oh this is an unsteady moment in the in the plot right so I did notice it, but I, I didn't know if there was intentionality behind it. I think it would be intentional because you would set and light for left justified. You would. that's your norm, yep. right? So even if you're doing repeated improv takes, because even if you're moving Steadicam, you'd have to move your lights. You'd have to relight the whole thing. Well, if you're lighting the scene, I mean, it depends on how big budget the movie is or if it's like super low yeah. budget, they might not even have lighting. And that might be why they chose that restaurant. I mean, but I, there's definitely lighting in this restaurant. Because yeah, if there, there wasn't, yeah. <laughs> like this would be, be crazy. Yeah. But I think in, in my mind, you wouldn't break down and completely reset. You wouldn't just do that because it would look bad. You would have to reset. If you're going to reset, it means you did it on purpose. Yeah. So, I mean, it probably is on purpose then. Yeah. And I thought it was because it comes right after her being like, no, we've done this for months. And like, you you know, I'm a time traveler that it's meant to like shift in his perspective where he's like, um, oh shit, maybe okay. she's not like playing a bit. Like maybe she right. thinks this is real. That would be a little disorienting to me. If I was on a spontaneous first date with a lady <laughs> and I realized, oh wait, no, she is crazy. Like yeah. that would be a like revelation that would make me feel uneasy. So yeah. Well, there is also something. So after this, cause she kind of asks like, do you you think I'm crazy? And he's like, yeah, I'm kind of in a for little it. Bit. Yeah, yeah. And they go. This is the first time they go thrift shopping. He buys the um the cable guy sweater. Oh, okay. The okay. So he buys the cable guy shirt, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm just realizing this as I'm reading back through my notes. She then comments, "Oh, I grew up over there," and he 
finishes her sentence. Yeah. Yeah. And at this point, we're like, wait, how does he know? And I think it's the shirt. I think because he now has the shirt. We've done the shirt once. Yeah. That's technically, even though he hasn't gone back in time yet, it's part of her date oeuvre now, which means they're going to do it again. So I think this is at the point where technically the timeline shifts and he will become that cable guy. It's self-fulfilling because of the shirt. So because his timeline is now different, that's how he knows. I mean, maybe. I, I just, I don't know. I don't know if they thought it out that much. I don't think they did. But like, Maybe. Perhaps. Yeah, I think you're giving them a lot of credit there. But I mean, that. I think so too. I prefer that reading to what's on the screen. That makes my brain hurt less. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to take it. So she tells the story of the cable guy again. And we get the it's okay for things to be messy sometimes. They yeah. kiss. They walk to the place where she would have jumped off the bridge. And she talks about uh, suicide in a very callous way in this scene. Uh, the whole movie. Yeah. Well, and like casual way like she just brings up yeah her like deepest darkest shit with this guy she just met i realized that she has been with pete davidson probably for about a year at this point so she feels very comfortable with him and is open to sharing this very personal thing but like he just met her and he responds to this the way i think someone who just met someone would respond to this sort of conversation yeah and she is pretty callous throughout the whole movie but it's especially yeah. in this scene completely agree uh, where i was like oh i don't like this right but right before this they had a conversation about the zagat guide where they pronounce it two different ways and he settles on pronouncing it the way they pronounced it in the very famous snl sketch which is one of multiple times in this movie where someone will settle on doing something the way an snl sketch does okay so he leaves her on the bridge because she's like i've been waiting for you my whole life and he's like i just met you yeah And she's like, it's been five months. He's like, we met today. And she's like, well, I'll see you tomorrow. Just like, bye. Yeah. And walks away. And we find out that he's done this multiple times now, that it's happening more and more, essentially. Yeah. So we cut to another date. And it's implied that this is months later, potentially almost a year later. And she's like, we don't have to talk about this again. She's getting annoyed and bored of the conversations. Yeah, she's no longer enjoying the Sophie's Choice joke line or whatever. Right. Yeah. I would love to date a woman who could do the same joke for a year before she got tired of it. I mean, you should talk to my husband and see how that's going for him. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, at the restaurant, she's like, this is terrible. I'm really bored and tired. And this is your fault, too, which is madness yeah because he has no idea he literally just got there in the conversation today and she's been having this conversation for a year nothing is his fault in this no he doesn't know you ma'am yeah and he he pays and leaves i love their fighting while he's paying yes i thought that was so funny she's like oh be a good guy and pay yeah (laughs) it's like like, i don't want to get arrested the worst (laughs) yeah on her way out she talks to the guy right in front of the restaurant amit who we've kind of briefly met like a couple times she walks by yeah and she grabs a cigarette from him and he basically is like first of all i'm married i'm not gonna sleep with you but secondly like things can change you don't know the future uh as Terminator would say, no fate but what we make. And he says you can't change people and you can't decide for people. That's like putting a square peg in a round hole, which we'll come back later. Yes. Yeah. He has good advice and she ignores it completely. 
Yeah. She ignores it completely because she decides she's like, well, I could go back and just change the parts of him that are bad. So we cut to the next night or we believe it's the next night. We will find out that it is years later. Yeah. Because she has spent years in the past working on him, essentially. So... He's in the bar, but this time he is watching sports and they go to a different restaurant and he is actively engaging and kind of picking her up. It's not really her doing the legwork. And it's basically a whole different kind of dude who has like started a startup. He likes rock climbing. He's he's not a bad dude necessarily, but he's a different dude. He's way more self-involved, I'll say. He is. I would say. There are parts of this that I would chalk up to confidence. Yeah. Yes. And then there are some things that kind of bleed into self-involved, but he's not like... He's not the worst. He's not the worst. Yeah. Like there there are versions of this kind of a guy in other movies that are the worst and he's not one of them. Yeah. He's just sort of like a fine guy who was also like a CEO of a startup and like, yeah, I want to go to a weird fancy restaurant. There's nothing wrong with that. The restaurant looked insane. Like when they are leaving the restaurant, the plate is literally just a fish head with like an apple in it. And I was like, there's no way to eat anything on that plate that I am comfortable with. Yeah. No, but I'm here for it. Yeah, I uh, well, and she's got like a, a honeycomb yeah. thing, which I think is actually honeycomb candy that like, and I was like, I want to know what they're eating. <laughs> I was like real into it. Anyway, she tells him about the future. And because he is, I, I think it's because he's starting from a different point and he is a little more self-confident and a little more assertive. This conversation goes very differently. Yeah. Because he's like, I don't believe you. And she's like, well, I just changed a couple things. I was your Uncle Charlie. And that I think is how he realizes like she's not lying. And this is also where we find out that you don't just go 24 hours. You can go to wherever. Right. And this is also the first place we get. Well, I did take out Smithson, but we don't, we don't know. I did think that was funny. I love that line. Maybe he's the one who's the inside job for North Korea. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, that would be very funny if that was like the reveal. Yeah. Anyway, so he basically confronts her about it instead of like the the other Gary is a little more passive where he's just like, this is your crazy thing. I'm just along for a ride. Yeah, he just sort of plays along. This Gary is not on board for the play along. I liked this Gary's dealing with her stuff like This is not okay. You're very unhealthy. You can't choose for people. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of like, honestly, of the two Garys, prefer this Gary a little bit. I do too. Oh, because he's not a freelance graphic designer because he has a real day job. You're going to be like this. I see. Honestly, I dig a graphic designer. I'm down. But not freelance. (laughs) I like his assertiveness. (laughs) I, I like that he is a communicating his emotions freely which the other one doesn't really. That is true, yeah. And talking about things, not afraid to talk about things. Now, granted, some of that is stuff that we don't even get to see with other Pete Davidson because we're only seeing that one night. Right. Um, But I do think that some of that assertiveness shapes the rest of our dealings with him. Yeah. Even though she goes back to change things. And I think that's actually kind of great. Um, But we will find out that she pretended to be his uncle Charlie and they played catch for three years. He flips out. He's like, what else did you change? And she's like, well, I deleted a few people like your bully Patrick and your math teacher and Amber. 
And then I also essentially sent you Tatiana and he's like, lost my virginity to her. She's like, I know, but she's nice or whatever. Yeah. And then she basically says, I can take your pain away. This comes from a good place. And he says, so did gender reveal parties. Yeah. Which is a throwaway line that I love. I I love it too. Like it came from a good place. Bad idea. But he basically says, he's like, you could change everything. I still don't want to be with you. That's my pain to have. Yeah. Essentially, you don't get to choose to restructure or change my trauma. It's part of me and who I am. And I'm always going to remember this feeling and remember why I don't like you, no matter how many times you kind of reset. Yeah. Which we will kind of find out kind of happens. Yeah, it does. It doesn't explain how that happens, but it does. No. Yeah. Now, here's this next scene because he storms off. This next scene is the problem with this movie, uh, at, at which point. In this very, very next little vignette, I was like, oh, no, the movie does not understand <laughs> because he she walks off past two older women on a bench and one says to the other, I honestly think he should feel touched that someone cares so deeply that they would try to take all his pain away. And the other woman says, that is a really romantic gesture. And I'm like, no, no it is not. That's a horror show. This is yeah. a horror movie. So we cut through the past, a, a brief montage of like, She kills Uncle Charlie. She talks to Tatiana. (laughs) She murders all these people. Some of them that she created. So sometimes it's her murdering her past self again. Yeah, like her past Uncle Charlie self, right? Right, right, right. Does she murder anybody else? I thought it was just her past Charlie self, Uncle Charlie self. Well, she deleted his math teacher. Yeah, she deleted those other people. So I think she had to murder the past self she must have had to oh, killing wow. those people. So she had to murder a lot of people to do it. Yeah. But we cut to her coming back to the tanning bed and she's like, great, I undid it. Now I can go back. And June says to her, sometimes things stick. Sometimes things don't ever go back. And she's like, that's not fair. Where's the manual? And finally, June is like, look, you've literally never asked about me or my life or anything about me, which is yeah. bonk. Like, That is a bonkers level of self-absorption to not ask anything of like you have at this point, we know it's a minimum of four years that she's been going to this tanning salon like every day, every day. And And it's implied that June doesn't necessarily remember her every day. But like, I assume she 51st dates her and is just like, here's the thing. I come in every day. I use the time machine, blah, blah, blah. Right. But June at this point is like, I have trauma. Like my parents wanted a boy. They called me a mistake. They called her garbage to her face as a child. I felt so bad for June, man. But June is well adjusted. And what June's little speech here is is yes. the only healthy part that June says. Yes. June views this very much in the same way I view this for time loops, which is why you don't go back and change anything where she's just like, it made me who I am. And it's not okay that it happened. It's still bad. I can still reconcile with the fact that I should not have had to be in that position and that it is bad that those things happened to me. And that's an unhealthy way to treat children and a bad way to grow up. But I can also acknowledge that I am okay and I am a good person and I have a good life apart from that. Yeah. If I went back and changed everything, I wouldn't be me. And I wouldn't be where I am. And I wouldn't have met the wonderful woman that I'm married to. I'm very happy for her. Like, yeah, she and she says she's like you. If you erase the pain, you kind of erase the person. the person that you fell in love with to a degree. Yeah, that's true. I think that's sort of what she learns when she goes back and like changes Pete Davidson. That like, right. The version of Pete Davidson she originally met that she wanted to change was the only version of Pete Davidson where it was like they had those sparks, you know? Yeah. 
And so she says, that's very interesting. I'm not going to apply it to my situation, which is yes, madness. It is madness. But it's one of many points in this movie where the movie seems to understand. That it's getting it wrong? That it's getting it wrong. <laughs> and then yeah. like, but then it does. I'll say this. I think the movie intentionally gets it wrong because in a few minutes from where we are right now in the scene, she actually says to June like some really sweet stuff like, hey, you would have made a great man, but you made a, a, a much better woman. Like all of like that yeah. scene shows me that like it sort of understands what it should be doing. But like that sort of positive resolution for a supporting character is not the kind of positive re- resolution we're going to get for our main characters. They no. actually live right. out the horror version ending of this. Yeah, I think part of loving someone, I'm not going to say what they do here is close to love, but I would say well, like when I have loved someone, you know, you do wish you, you could have protected that person in the past and things like that. But also that would have changed who they are as yeah. a person and you may not have loved them now. Or they may not have met you. Y- yeah, we are the result of everything we've done and all the choices we've made and Absolutely. things that have happened to us. And, you know, it could it would change you. Yeah. Uh, so we cut to. She goes back in time. She's going to relive the date again. And it's the original date. But he keeps having like, I don't know. I feel like deja vu. Like, I feel bad. Like, I I don't. This is kind of making me sad to talk about this. But they kind of go through the date. And he's like, I don't believe your time travel thing. But when I think about it, I get a really sad feeling like something is off and like I'm stuck. Yeah. And she's like, well, what if the time machine stops working? And like, what if I freeze? And he's like, well, you can't freeze time. She's like, I can and I have, which honestly, she kind of have. Yeah. And he basically says, like, this is not good you this is sick you need to let me go you need to stop and let me live my life and they kind of get into an argument and he's like well i'm just gonna go find the time machine and she's like no you're not like she calls his bluff kind of i think she sort of like double dog dares him to go do it sort of yeah in her like no you won't you never have before you're not gonna do it now And he's like all right well fuck you i am yeah and he kind of plays her a little bit where he's like don't worry about it let's just try again tomorrow like, I'll see you tomorrow. He does sort of like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I won't go find it. That's fine. Winky blanky. We'll see each other tomorrow. Right. I would have murdered her. <laughs> I would have murdered this chick immediately. Once I found out the time travel was real, I'd be like, I have to kill this woman. <laughs> At minimum, I would try to avoid meeting her. But I also or would try to go back to stop her from finding the time machine. Yeah. But like, so he goes to the nail salon. And he meets June. And this is where, like, everything she says in that last scene, she undoes in this scene. Yeah. Because he's like, I'm trapped. And and I like her, but, like, not like this. Like, this is bad. And she's like, well, it's kind of like a relationship. And he's like, no. no. And she's just like, yeah, it kind of is, though. Because you don't know what she has done to make you like her at that point. You are completely oh, yeah. manipulated and vulnerable. It's like yes. it's like realizing that the person you're with has been gaslighting you your entire life. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so he's like, well, this isn't a real relationship. This is fake. And she's like, organic bananas taste like regular bananas. And I'm like, that has nothing to do with what we're talking about, ma'am. June, stop saying weird things. Stop it. Uh, but he's like, well, when did this start? And she sends it back to 1989. And he goes to her apartment. He's still wearing the Gary shirt. Yeah. He's the cable guy. Uh, yeah, I saw that coming a mile away, though. And the second they gave him that shirt, I was like, like the cable guy? And then kind of, yeah. And her mom is, I do like the, he describes her just as an 80s mom. A, a bad, <laughs> it's, like, it's like a bad 80s mom. Yeah, Bad 80s right. mom. And I was like, yeah, there was like tons of moms like this. We all grew up with them. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> We aren't in tons of therapy. It's fine. Uh, no, I'm kidding. My mom was lovely. 
This is this was not my experience. But her mom is the worst. Like her mom is wild. Nuts. Like immediately puts the cable guy in charge of her daughter while she's like, I gotta go get pretty, which I think is exactly what she says. Yeah. And then as she's like got a hairdryer in her hand that is on, she's like yelling out to Pete Davidson, like, What's my daughter up to? And you're like, I'm I mean, Pete is not there to fix her cable, but like that is what the cable guy should be doing. Not taking care of your child, ma'am. Well, and yeah. I don't know if you noticed, but the little girl is trying to fit a square peg through a round, a round hole, hole. And, yes. she, and she hits it with a hammer until it moves, until it goes through. And she gets it to go through, yeah. Which tells me maybe it's nature, not nurture, because maybe that tells me that she has some things that are a little unhinged about her even then. Yeah, maybe. But I also- It could be a combination of the two. It Because this is where he gives her the phrase, it's okay for things to be messy sometimes. Yeah, which is a refrain they've said back and forth a few times to each other. But now you're realizing that he plants it like yeah this is time traveler's wife level of fucked up like this is yep groomy mcgroomison and, and yeah. ooh, oh no and he like kisses her hand and stuff like uh, yeah which here's the thing that is a way that you might interact with a child that you know and care about but not someone that you're going to potentially put your genitals in later yes. like that's not a thing that you want to do oh yeah. yeah like I don't think if you're like someone's godfather like I I don't think I've ever seen Mikey do this but it wouldn't be weird for Mikey to kiss his goddaughter's hand right but like right I still haven't done that it's so weird like if she got hurt or something like oh, sure yeah, yeah, yeah. oh yeah. then I have I have I've, I've kissed the boo-boo yes yeah but like a there's no boo-boo here to kiss and also just an emotional one sure yeah that's fair but you can't emotionally kiss a boo-boo and like i don't like it because they're eventually gonna hook up later and that may be uncomfortable yeah so he comes back and as he's on his way back she comes to the nail salon is like i'm not going back in time again you've been great thank you yeah and then he comes back and she leaves and the implication is that she's not gonna go back in time she is finally going to kill herself yeah just like straight up end her life in this moment i mean you see a lot of signs that she is not planning on living through this night like and one of those is when she like gives that that person experiencing homelessness like all of her things huge red flag yeah. huge yeah. red flag when someone starts giving away their possessions also yes. yeah it is not your responsibility to keep a partner alive like, that is not a healthy relationship. Well, because no matter what you do, sometimes people will still choose, and that is out of your control. Yes. Absolutely. And if someone is telling you, I'm going to kill myself if I break up with you, that is a very... Or, or you mean I'm if gonna, you break up with me? If you break up with me, yeah. yeah. That is a very, very unhealthy manipulative dynamic. Yes. That, to me, is the red flag at which you leave for. Yeah. Yeah. And that may sound like callous and stuff, but, like, you are not responsible for keeping your partner alive. I've had to have this talk a lot of you Re- need to reach set... out and maybe get them some help, but right. you yeah. do need to set boundaries. You have to set appropriate boundaries, which could be if you tell me you're going to kill yourself, I will call the police or call the mental health agency or call. I will not come up, come myself. I will send you help, but it will not be me. If you even after you break up, that is an appropriate boundary line to cross. I mean, that's, a, that's an yeah. appropriate boundary line to set of if you mention this, I will reach out to your family. I will reach out to law enforcement or police or mental health agency or whoever whoever does your crisis response in your area. But I will not come to your house. You will not. That is not. This is not something you say to me as a control. That is a cry for help. I will get you help, but I will not be involved in your life in that way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it makes me sad because I've been in a lot of situations where, you know, the exes or the significant others take on a lot of that responsibility and that's that's really unfair to a partner it's also very unsafe especially if people are 
beginning the conversation of we need to not be together anymore and they oh, yeah. say that they're going to take their life in an effort to get th- their partner to come to where they are and then they end up killing their partner and taking their own life uh, yeah that does happen sometimes too yeah so like there are reasons like the most dangerous time for a woman is like right after she's broken up with a man like wholesale like that is like the yeah. most dangerous time so I think, Mikey, you're absolutely right with what you've said. You know, it's fine to call the authorities or your crisis response team in your area or whatever, but don't go yourself. Don't go yourself. I also think that there's something to be said for maybe we get this person help and then yeah. once they have help, you can have another conversation about what the relationship is doing or whatever. And yeah. that may change things. Absolutely. But the help has to kind of come first. Yeah. And something I really don't like that this movie did, because this... I feel like if up to this point, we then got another thing where he, you know, avoids going to the bar and she picks someone else, like whatever, the horror ending. This is a much better movie. Uh, But instead, what we get is a movie that tries to imply that your partner, or in this case, her partner is the one that saves her. That's worth her not killing herself over. Yes, and your worth should not be dependent on another person. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. And honestly, that's, I thought the point they were going to make in the movie, and I they so absolutely too. do not. Okay, so full disclosure, I went and saw Amsterdam last night and got home pretty late, but I started this movie and it, I, I fell asleep watching it. I didn't fall asleep because it wasn't good or whatever, I just, it was like 12.30 and I fell asleep, you know? So I, I actually woke up right at the end of it, so I saw like their fight on the bridge and then fell asleep before like the credits. So like with that information, with where I fell asleep and then that one conversation I saw, I told Natalie while we we're having coffee this morning that I think that's the point of the movie. Like she learns that she doesn't need someone else to live. She needs to just like find that inherently within herself. And I was like, and if that's the message, I think I sort of dig the movie. Like it's fine. It's not awesome, but I dig it. And then they do the complete opposite. Complete. (laughs) I was like, oh wow. I was way off. I ate a donut today. You did. It was a hundred flaky layers. Oh, was it five daughters? It was. Yes. I was so ah! mad when he joined the Zoom call because he was eating a bacon-covered donut, a hundred-layer donut from five daughters. It, they're so I good. I follow them on Instagram, and I have never, I, I have not oh, been to Nashville come, since yeah. they opened, yeah. and it is, like, on my list. Well, we'll do a live show here eventually, and we'll get you yes. out here, and absolutely, we'll do five daughters. I'll eat a whole donut, guys. Whole donut? Fuck you. I'm full. <laughs> I ordered four. I ate one and a half. Yeah, that's how that sounds about right. Yeah, but yeah. to bring that back around to the movie, this movie is like a version of that because it's a hundred layers of toxic unhealthiness. Yeah, I like the way you tied that in. Well done. Well, because he essentially. Uh, Spoiler, in this next scene, just to get through the plot, he like tough loves her out of killing herself. Man, I did like the conversation on the bridge, like because she's like, just let me do it. Just let me do it. He's like, no, I'm going to stay here all night. It's fine. I'll just stop you for as long as you want to, which is not the right way to handle that. And she says, well, eventually you're going to have to take a piss or you're going to have to get a sandwich or whatever. And you more or less like you cannot watch me 24 hours a day. If I want to do it, I'm going to do it. And I think that that is a apt like metaphor for like real life. And the people who blame themselves for a loved one taking their own life. I get it. I've had similar struggles, even though my brother didn't take his own life. Like I understand like taking that on and like, because, and Mikey, you've talked about this before Yeah. because you want that control. You sort of blame yourself because then you sort of feel like it gives you some control by blaming yourself. And it took like years of therapy to get over that. 
So I understand why people feel that way, but in this movie, she makes it very clear, there's no way you can stop me if that's something I want to do. Right. And I think in that moment, he does say, he's like, okay, well, listen, I've seen the future, the other side of the bridge, things get much better. Don't you want to see what's on the other side of the bridge? And he's like, I'm going to go. I'll see you on the other side of the bridge. And she says, goodbye, instead of saying... I'll see you tomorrow. And he goes, nope. And <laughs> just keeps fucking walking. I liked that. That that one conversation I sort of liked. Yes, because he was like, she either dies and stops messing with me or she moves on with her life. Yes. But instead. Except that she doesn't move on. That's the they, problem. They she end doesn't. up together and it's so bad. <laughs> it's so terrible. When she crosses the bridge and he runs up and hugs her, fine. I would probably hug her as well because she has had a very emotional moment, right? I get that. Right, sure. But the conversation should be, I think we both need therapy. Yeah. I'm not sure he needs therapy, okay? Hey, I think everybody needs a little bit of therapy all the time. That's why I said that. I think she needs it way more than he does. But I think everyone can benefit from it. I think he's going to need some therapy knowing that time travel exists and that she (laughs) fucked with his life. I think that's going to cause some need for therapy. He's going to need to process through the trauma he has experienced. Remember, this has just been four hours of his life. I know. And he's reacting like a well-adjusted human of like... Well, now it's not because he's gone back. So he oh, knows... Yeah. yeah. He knows more at this point. But honestly, not. it hasn't been nearly as long for him as it has been but for her. Though. Think how much better this would be if he would have killed her right at this moment. <laughs> he talks here's, her out of taking her own life so that he can take it. <laughs> <laughs> well, he tried to get her to grow and move past him. Yeah. And then she came back and then he had to be free. I, I think in order for that to feel as gratifying as I want it to feel at the end of the movie. And we're talking about him killing her, right? Yes. Okay. We, we have to either <laughs> A, reveal that the, the story she was telling him about suicide is not true. Yeah. It was a manipulative tactic. Yes. Yeah. And dial her up even like one more level of crazy. So like we, we need like. One more level of extreme so that the implication being she will do whatever it takes to manipulate and keep him and trap him. Yeah. And that is his only way out. And then we need a a crazy time travel somehow fight scene at the end to do it. Oh, I love that. Fighting through time. I am here for And then we find out who Smithson is in the process. Yes. Oh, my God. That I am here for if that happened if that was the end of this movie i'd love this movie yeah but i'd love it in the same way that i love fresh of like it is so gratifying at the end for them to be like yes like kill that like that's what i would want for this instead of him saying at the end of this movie hey maybe we both need therapy let's not do this let's go our own separate ways and i do agree with you like if she wouldn't do that he would sort of have to kill her (laughs) but instead of that he's just like Hey, uh, I know we've done this night over a bunch. Have we ever fucked? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And instead, what we needed is a like hand to hand combat scored yep. to journeys yep. separate ways. Yes. Oh, just like my one day love will find you. Completely both of them unhinged. Take like just a completely unhinged scene. Find you. Yes. One night she will find you and she won't let you go another way. Yeah. 
Hell mm-hmm. yeah. That music video is one of my favorite music videos. It's a crazy music video. <laughs> it's like the record label was like, hey, music videos are becoming a thing. Quick, get Journey down to the docks and give them four yeah. hours in a like a, one of those huge fuck off like VCR recorder things. Which honestly, that song is so dynamic. It needs like a meatloaf level music video. Yes. And they're just like, no, we're just under the boardwalk, just like hanging out of the docks. It's so wild. And like for half of the music video, they don't have their instruments, but they're still air playing it. It's amazing. Watch the separate ways music video. It's nuts. It's nuts. Now, also, similarly, now that I've said it, I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. Also perfect for an end fight scene at this in this movie. Yes. yes. And I, I will do it. And just like raising a baseball bat. Like, yeah. And it's just like him smashing her in the head over and over but behind him is like whatever the Smithson version of the Nazi like logo was <laughs> so like it's clear like they, they fought back through time it's, it's now- S's for Smithson like it is a swastika but it's Smithson <laughs> I love it I love it so much and that's the movie so having seen the movie having talked about the movie and having come up with a better ending for the movie what did you guys think about meet cute Hated it. Will not watch it again. I like my rewritten version. Yeah. Yeah, I like the version we talked out. I don't think I'll ever watch it again. I didn't hate it maybe as much as you did, Mikey, but I didn't love it. And it wasn't, it's not like so bad it's good enough to watch. And it's definitely not so good you should watch it. I think this is definitely one you should just skip and enjoy the episode. Yeah. I'd watch it just because of how horror villainy it is. She plays a good villain. I, yeah. I mean, it's passengers level. Her <laughs> acting was so good. She's good in it. Yeah. But I was like, She's so unhinged. Yeah. Like, does such a good job playing that unhingedness. It's the same thing as our Cannibal King, where you're like, he is evil, but he is fucking crushing it. We gotta get Sebastian Stan and and Kelly Cuoco in a... Kaylee Cuoco. Just a crazy off? Yeah, just like a crazy (laughs) off movie where they're both villains. Like, he kidnaps her to, like, take her butt meat and sell it, and then she just loses her mind and was, like, unhinged crazy. I'm here for it. Some of the faces she made was, like, She's like, I have to cut your c- cut your arm off, but it's because I love you. And she's crying as she does it. I mean, oh, like, she, I'm like, oh, she is awful. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, here's the thing. Both of those characters have strong misery energy in a way of like, I'll do anything to keep you. I'm in control. I'm manipulative. And I think that's why we keep kind of drawing the comparison is it's that same energy of, but I love you, so it's okay. Right. And you're like, no, 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 yeah. It's not okay. And this is not love. If you're uh. using love to justify negative behaviors, that's not love. No. Yeah. But she is hot. So I guess Pete Davidson was like, I guess this is the best I can do. Mikey, there, is, a, there is a quick throwaway line when he's like, man, it, whenever a hot girl likes me, it's always because she's crazy. And I was like, <laughs> oh. I know Mikey and I relate to that. I have a story. Tell me everything. Somebody matched with me on a dating app and she was very, very attractive. And I was in the police car doing co-response and I turned to the officer and I was like, this person isn't real or she's trying to kill me. Yeah. And she was not real. Of course not. Yeah. She was <laughs> a bust. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not that you don't deserve a wonderful person, but yeah. like, yeah. No. But when out of the blue, some like 10 likes me, I'm like, no, you can't have this kidney. <laughs> Well, Paige, do you have any fun facts for us? Very few. Well, hit us with your fun facts. Very few fun facts. facts. Uh, So as I mentioned, this is a lot of improv went into this. Yeah. But with a heavy editing hand, which does help it a bit. And according to the director, Kaylee and Pete would text him for clips of their improv outtakes. 
So even the stuff that didn't make the movie they thought was funny and they kind of wanted to have it. Yeah. Uh, which is interesting. So throughout the movie, small parts of her wardrobe change timeline to timeline, mirroring her emotional state. Okay. Really? Yeah. So if you watch it back, her hair changes a bunch of times. Yeah. Uh, she changes her accessories, uh, which is really interesting, but it's always that same yellow dress. That yellow dress, uh, fun fact, was made 72 hours before shooting started over a weekend. And what's really interesting is that like in all the fun facts I found, people were like, they designed fit and made eight multiples of the dress. Isn't that crazy? And I'm like, no, that's how costume departments work. Yeah, that's they have to, you know. I am not a talented seamstress and I have designed and sewn multiple dresses in a 72 hour period <laughs> like and i'm wearing one in a couple days like nice you know it is possible uh so the reason why the dress is yellow is because most of their sets were blue and red and so they wanted her to stand out yeah and she does and uh, she's great and she looks great she's great in this movie yeah yeah uh so when they're at the fancy restaurant they actually didn't have enough extras or featured extras so a crew member had to be a waiter so you'll <laughs> you notice as a waiter walks by in like a black t-shirt and jeans and sets a plate down and then that's the crew member <laughs> so basically from the time that they realized they didn't have someone to where they had to get somebody on set was 15 minutes so that's why they're basically just in like jeans and a t-shirt so because they're serving food so often in this movie and because they were doing improv and trying to make it funny sometimes they would sub like toys that looked like food in for regular food yeah in some of the takes and they wouldn't tell them when it was happening but it was just like a fun times or pranks or whatever yeah so uh the character of june when she is talking to gary she has very few lines after essentially the um time machine so like when he's asking her questions multiple times she responds with okay which if you have watched pete davidson on snl over the years he has a recurring character well not anymore because he's not on the show anymore but yeah. he had a recurring character named chad and it is a very well-trodden snl trope of one character who is completely madness level of like fish out of water and then everyone else around them talks to them as if they're normal and know everything so they used to do it with mr peepers all the time yeah uh where it would be like i don't know what stocks do you think we should trade peepers and then peepers is over there like mowing through an apple uh in the chad version it was almost always like women throwing themselves at him like we can't be together i don't know like it's, yeah. my husband will find out and he'd just be like okay, okay all for real and honestly, I those sketches do tend to really make me laugh. Yeah, but I like that sketch a lot. Th that is why uh, her dialogue is most okay uh, in that scene. Um, and then there's that horrible quote uh, that I read from Kaylee Cuoco about how she thinks this movie is romantic. And those are your fun facts. Well, thank you for those fun thank facts, Paige. Fun facts. <laughs> that last <laughs> one it, it concerns me some. Like if Mikey, it concerns yeah. me some too. Yeah, up until you reading that quote from her. If Mikey had been like, you'll never believe it, I'm dating Kelly Cuoco, I would have been like, that's awesome. Well done, Mikey. But if Mikey ever said it to me now, I'd be like, run. Get away. I believe I she's mean, divorced. Yeah, that comment is as crazy as being like, look, sometimes you find your soulmate when you're selling their meat. Like, that's how crazy <laughs> that comment is. This movie's unhinged in a really good Halloween style. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, if it was a horror movie, I would fucking love it. Like, that's what I'm really kind of torn about. It was about. so close. It was like 95% so there. 
Yeah. So close. So let's talk a little bit of box office. So I don't have anything on this movie and it was straight to Peacock. So all the information I found was that it was a low budget movie and low budget movies are under $5 million. Yeah. So I don't have any further information. I don't know if Peacock bought the movie from the, you know, production company or they made it. it. Yeah. So I honestly have no idea. So there's not really much box office. Sorry about that. But it was a straight to streaming release. And that tends to be the case with those. So that's your box office. Well, thank you for your box office. Yep. Romance scale, scale of one to 10, how we found, how romantic we found the film. I'm just going to go ahead and answer for all of us and say one. Yep. Or zero. Can we do zero? Sure. I mean, I don't find this movie romantic at all. I find it troubling and scary. Yeah. I I would actually give it higher on the scary scale than I would. Yeah. Yeah. Scary scale is like like a a two. Four. (laughs) There was something deeply troubling to this movie to me that it made me kind of terrified. I think this movie probably triggered that in you a lot more just because of your day job. Like, I don't think I saw as much as you saw in her behavior because you deal with people like this uh, in your day job. You know, it was a very authentic unhinged. I will say that from a dating perspective. And a mental health perspective. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this week, Mikey made us watch Meet Cute. Uh, and next week is my turn. And I thought since it was, a you know, Halloween season, it's uh. spooky season, that we would do uh, a fun movie that people have actually asked us to do a lot, especially when we first started this podcast. So I'm going to make us watch Warm Bodies. Ooh, oh, okay. Yeah. I loved the book, and I thought the movie was pretty good. I actually have seen this movie. Uh, I saw it. I think on a date, but I remember liking it. I remember being pretty decent. I'm excited. I have actually never seen it. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Okay. But it's one of those things that's been on my list forever. So I'm very excited. The book is super frustrating because they write it like it's going to be a series and he never comes out with a sequel. So your homework for next week is to get turned into a zombie and then realize the cure for being a zombie is to just find your one true love and watch Warm Bodies. All right. So Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? Yeah. Well, whose review are you going to read this week? Decarter679. What does Decata679 have to say? Give us that vitamin water. Oh, <laughs> wow. Okay. Please tell me less. This show. No, tell me more, please. <laughs> this show is one of my favorite podcasts to listen to, along with their horror-themed show, The Horror Virgin. Oh, why, thank you. Paige is a comedian extraordinaire. Comedian. And has the fastest quips and an infectious laugh that keep me coming back for more every week. I mean, Aww, completely thank agree. You. Mikey and Todd are okay, I guess. Ow! <laughs> oh my I God. Mean, to be fair, there is also a review that says that I'm the most obnoxious one and someone's not listening because they can't stand me. So like- that do- It does happen. Yeah, there are people out there with wildly bad takes. Yeah, I would say Decarter's is way more accurate. TT's their you. own. Uh, then they put a <laughs> laughing emoji and they say, just kidding. They're also hilarious and provide oh, okay. goofy insights to some of the best movies out there. Nice. You are all objectively wrong about the sweetest thing, though. Not sorry nope. about it. <laughs> laughing emoji. Love you guys so much. Five stars. I don't remember us liking the sweetest thing. We did not. How could we have been wrong about it? Because they like it. No, that, I know. I've been told I this know. multiple times by people that they're like, what? I don't understand why you didn't like it. Oh, man. that The penis song alone. You're is- too big to fit in here. Oh, I sang God. that to myself the other day because it still lives rent free in my head sometimes. <laughs> I guess Decarter proved us right. 
Well, whatever. DeCarter, thank you so much for that awesome five-star review. We do appreciate it. And if you want to have Mikey read your five-star review, leave us a five-star review. So, um, yeah, guys, if you like this power thruple that we have here on this podcast, make sure to check out our other podcast, The Horror Virgin. And that is the only other podcast that Mikey and I are on. But Paige gets around, and she is on two other podcasts. Black Card Rehab and Cult Podcast. So guys, definitely check out those because they're amazing. If you want to follow us on social, we are at Romancing the Pod Show. Yes. On yes. Instagram. And we are at something else on Twitter who I just have never taken the time to learn it's, it. It's just Romancing Pod Show because they have a character oh. limit and it's show, S-H-O, like Showtime. So guys, check that out as well. And if you want to follow us all individually, pages at Rampage Wesley everywhere, including TikTok, except for Twitter, where she is at Paige Wesley. Mikey is at M Randolph 24, and I am at Todd J Awesome everywhere. And guys, we got a P.O. box. So if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a P.O. box, it's actually not a P.O. box. It's like a regular street address. It's pretty awesome. It's 6688 Nolensville Road, number 108-34, Brentwood, Tennessee, 37027. So send us some stuff. Yeah. That's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm Todd. And you complete us. To completion. Girl, I want to see that yellow dress on my bedroom floor. Good night. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Trapped in a time loop with a crazy lady nerds. (laughs) 